Hello, and welcome back to Polliver, a BMX podcast with Chris Doyle. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know that uh, there might be a little bit of a lull in these podcasts. There might be a, a brief hiatus after uh, not this one, but after the next one. I have this one that's dropping right now. And then I have another one with my buddy George coming out in the not-too-distant future as well. The one with George is going to look a little bit different. It's going to sound a little bit different. And that's because uh, some of it was filmed and recorded on a private jet, (laughs) which uh, you'll have to stay tuned to uh, find out more about. And uh, I'll be sure to give you guys more information as that happens. gets closer and closer. But I'm going to be going on this uh, little bit of a hiatus because uh, my wife and I are expecting a son any day. (laughs) Uh, Literally, uh, you know, could go into labor right this second. Um, It's uh, it's go time. And if... uh, if you're a fan of funny stories, my, my son that's about to be born, uh, his name is going to be Sebastian. And I was just over in the UK and I was talking to Sebastian Keep, uh, otherwise known as Baz. And I say to Baz Keep, I say, hey, my wife and I are expecting a son and his name is going to be Sebastian. And Baz gets excited. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Another Sebastian. That, that, that rules. What's his middle name going to be? And I said, his middle name is going to be James, after my grandfather. And Baz Keep goes, dude, my middle name is James. I said, wait, so you're Sebastian James Keep? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, <laughs> we're about to have Sebastian James Doyle. So already my son has a pretty badass namesake. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Maybe you guys will get a kick out of it too. Nevertheless, um, what else? Oh, uh, is everyone following Chris Hallman on Instagram? Uh, In the last few weeks, maybe the last week, two weeks, I don't know, however long it's been, Hallman is posting like the best stuff on Instagram right now. It's like all the hits from, you know, the the mid-school generation. And I seriously love it. I like wake up every day excited to go onto Hallman's Instagram page and uh, just scroll through and see the, the new stuff that he's posting. He's, some days it seems like he's posting like a dozen photos a day and it's all really awesome content. So I usually don't plug people's Instagrams, but that one's pretty badass. I've been pretty stoked on it lately. I think you can follow him at uh, Hallperson on Instagram. Check that out. Anyways, my next guest. Next guest up is Morgan Wade. Funny, I recorded this podcast when I was over in the UK for Battle of Hastings. And that's funny because I flew all the way to the United Kingdom to film to to record an interview with a very proud American writer. Um, Morgan and I recorded this interview the day after Morgan did perhaps the two craziest moves of the Battle of Hastings weekend, which I'm guessing everybody has seen by now. The big flare out of the little bowl into the vert wall, and then the big 270 out of the vert wall back into the, the little bowl. Um, so badass. Like classic 
Morgan Wade riding. And uh, it, it was funny because I think a lot of people told him that it, it kind of reminded him, uh, reminded them of, you know, the Morgan of the days of old. So I, when I sat down with this for this interview, I was talking to Morgan about that. And he's like, well, no, my riding really hasn't changed. I just haven't had a reason to ride that way in a long time. So to him, it felt good to uh, be able to just ascend it again. And um, even though I asked Morgan to do this interview at the beginning of the weekend, I was still a little bit unprepared. So I literally jotted down a few talking points, a few questions, like 10 minutes prior to us sitting down and even though that was the case, even though I was unprepared, I still like the way the interview went. Um, it's more about like what Morgan is currently up to and what uh, like you know his current life. But we do delve into a few of his old video parts and a few contests and how he kind of like exploded onto the scene in like uh, 2002 and 2003. And uh, I'm pretty stoked with how the interview turned out, even though, like I said, unprepared. But uh, I hope you guys are into it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And this is Morgan Wade. Ladies and gentlemen, Morgan Wade, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Have you had any kind of like podcast interviews or anything like that? Yeah, I've done a few. I've done a few podcast interviews. Oh, really? A couple of phone ones and a couple of like sit down and fancy setups and and do podcasts. And then, you know, a couple of some chairs in a conference room and some... Fancy headphones podcasts. This is pretty fancy. And Morgan <laughs> let me borrow his headphones uh, so I could, uh, you know, for quality control purposes, it was better than my, you know, my stock iPhone. You look good. Uh, you, I yeah. mean, you look good before the headphones, but you look, you look, you look good now, too. I, I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, this is probably the fanciest uh, interview you've done now. Totally. Yeah. You're, you're onto something there. You got your board shorts on. I do. We're, Flip-flops. Uh, we're only a couple couple yards from the beach so yeah, it's, it's appropriate it's literally a stone's throw literally and i'm yeah. not talking in how much somebody weighs because <laughs> i don't know what that means right well <laughs> just to let people know we're coming to you from uh hastings in the uk yeah. we're out here for uh battle of hastings mm -hmm. which uh you absolutely crushed it uh <laughs> yesterday which we'll get to in a minute here but uh first and foremost i want to say congratulations on x games thank you that was the craziest, uh, easily the craziest mega ramp contest that I've ever witnessed. Um, I'm in a very fortunate position that I get like front row seats now yeah. for all of that. I feel like they've been ramping up the last couple of years. They've been like steadily getting better and better. Okay. Competition wise um, and excitement wise. To go over your run, which I'll probably post, um, you know, to hype up this interview a little bit. Double tail up down the drop-in. How far tail. is that drop-in? So the actual drop is seven feet down, seven feet out. Sounds small. It's seven and seven. But when we're jumping down, if you watch the footage, it's actually like we're probably jumping like a full sheet of skate light past the drop-in, the 50-foot the roll-in. So it's, it's actually probably closer to, you know, 15 feet down. Okay. And then seven feet out. <laughs> but then there's still like 40 feet of, of rolling to land in. So, I mean, right. Well, that, that sounds huge. But when you look at it and the, and the mega ramp is so huge, like it, 
it kind of takes away some of that, <laughs> right. like how big it actually, how big that right. drop actually is. It's way more exciting from the top. I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, so double tail up in, 360 backflip no hander on. So I actually went left to right. So it it in years past I'd gone on the right side, and it was just a straight three flip no hander, and it, they come in you know just straight down down the line to line up for the quarter pipe. But this year I decided I wanted to try to get a little extra on the quarter. Yeah, I don't know if I did or not, but it felt way cooler to alley-oop three flip from the left to right because I was actually traveling like, you're pulling like sideways and backwards yeah. to, to get going. So it made the trick feel totally different and way better at the same time. Right. And, and as you know, I like alley-oops. Yeah, uh, again, <laughs> we'll get there in a second. So, uh, and then of course, the big banger, the one-handed double tail up. The one-handed will it come back double tail up. <laughs> Which is like, you don't really practice that. No. You just... I've tried it four times now on a quarter pipe in my life. Two were last year and two were this year. And this year's worked out. I mean, the first one, obviously, you, you bailed. Um, but the second one couldn't have worked any the, better. The first one, I just... I didn't, I didn't take off right. So I landed low in the transition. I got back on pedals. I just landed so low I couldn't hang on and just splat. Right. But, the, yeah, the second one, it was... It came in like... I couldn't, I couldn't clean that up if I tried to. And it was so huge. Like the air was big, the tail ups were big, the arm was way back and it's just like, it looks so <laughs> impossible to like wrangle it all back together but then it's like, whoosh, everything came back. Yeah, it works, and, for some reason it works. Um, I was like, wow, yeah, Morgan just won this contest. <laughs> and I think in a lot of people's opinion, they, you did win. But of course, our Willie, took the win and I'm not taking anything away because he did, you know, a pretty crazy run. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I have to wonder is A, is, is Mega Ramp as much of a brotherhood as it looks? Because uh, uh, to maybe like give you more of where I'm coming from, before the contest starts, you guys are all hugging. Yeah. A few of you are like bowing your heads together. Um, and it's really like, it seems like, okay, we're like going into battle together. Right. Like, yeah. let's... No, yeah. it is 100%. Okay. Like, everybody up there, I mean, there's a few guys that like, we were up shoulders a little bit, but like, all that aside, even with the, the guys that, that don't get along as well as everybody else, we all have a massive amount of respect for each other, and we all genuinely want to see everyone else stick a good run and ride well. So it's, it, is, it is a brotherhood, like you're saying. I mean, like, everyone wants to see everyone do well, regardless of, of any other drama. Right. And there's really not that much drama at all, which in the past there's been lots of drama, and now there's not, and it's so nice. Right, right. I remember, you know, in those early years of, of Mega Ramp, there seemed to be some drama here and there, which I don't know enough about, so I, I guess I shouldn't comment on it too much. Yeah, I, I mean... It's B BMX is full of drama. Of course. There's always going to be someone that's got a different idea on how this should work or that should work or what should happen with, if someone does this or scoring or, what, or whatever. Um, and those differences are just going to happen either way. And then, you know, there's just sometimes it just boils down to personalities that clash. And it's not that either personality is one of them is better than the other or not. It's just that they clash and it causes drama. Gotcha. And honestly, like, 
everyone, it, it's, it's not really that, like, it's nothing now. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been around plenty of drama through the years in BMX, and it is refreshing the way it is up there right now. On the deck, everyone is genuinely excited and pumping everybody up. Like, every time someone's about to go, everyone's patting them on the back and giving right. them high fives and like, you know, you got this, bro. Like, the whole thing. Keep the positive energy flowing yes. because I 100%. feel like in an event like that, you need that positive energy yeah. because it's, it's, it's so gnarly. Like, and, and we've seen the injuries that come about when yeah. people mess up. So it, I feel like- Including this year. Including this year with like James, James Foster. Yeah, James, yeah. That was such a weird moment, especially because I'm, I'm behind the scenes now. I know what ESPN's talking about, where like poor James is getting put on yeah. the stretcher, but they're trying to put the gold yeah. medal around our Willie's neck. And it's just like, Chris, you need to get in there. And I'm like, I don't know how to react right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm wondering how James is doing. I'm, I'm, psyched, I'm psyched for this guy. Like, yeah. But it, it was such a weird vibe out there this year. Um, but again, I'm glad that uh, James is recovering and he's... Seems to be doing he was, well. He was on crutches the next day. Yeah. He yeah. had a rod put in his leg and screws and bolts and stuff. I did. Baby James, for, <laughs> for being like a small guy, maybe he's not even that small, but like he can he's take a, a, he can take a beating. I think, um, I, I think I got like 70 pounds on him plus. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> Just your legs alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, does Two everyone times. accept our Willie? Is everyone yeah. cool with him? Yeah. Okay. I, I really like our Willie. Okay. I really like the kid. He's awesome. He's an amazing bike rider. He's fun to be around. He's, he's a crack up. Like, like practice, like he wants to practice. One of the weird things that over the last few years has been really odd to me is we don't get a chance to ride that ramp. Like, but one week out of the year when it was just, you know, the USX games. Thankfully now we've had like Sydney and then we had, uh, Shanghai mm -hmm. so we had like you know more time on it the last I guess year and a half than we have you know in a long time but we really don't get that much practice on the thing and there's not one just set up somewhere to ride like Woodward's is gone now and Bob's like Bob has his but you know like I haven't even made it out there I don't know how many years so it's like there's not really access to those things to play on them and just goof off and uh so when I get to X Games I'm like party like i always said like my favorite part of any contest is practice because it's just a big session with all the best dudes in the world yeah like yeah literally you get to have however many practice sessions it's a session with the best bike riders on the planet and or some of them at least yeah and like it blows me away when people don't practice on mega ramp and i i got the last couple years it's been really weird because i show up and i'm like let's do this and i get on the ramp and nobody's riding <laughs> and I'm like Pract practice has been on for like an hour guys like yeah. what's what's the deal and you know before they would always try to split skate and BMX practice and every year we're like yo like anyone who wants to skate come skate with us like we don't we don't care and then like we would whoever if someone wants to ride more like we'll ride with the skaters like we all get along with the skaters too like there's no there's no headbutting with the like even so like we were talking about like amongst the bmx guys up there there's not even any drama with the skaters right. anymore up there and it's just like everyone gets along we're all we're all bros at the top of the hill and it's the same the same energy with those guys too like I mean, we're pumping those guys up the same as they're pumping us up in practice and during the comp. They're watching our comp. We're watching their comp, you yeah. know, and like it's, it's awesome. It's really a cool community, but uh, it's a very tight, small community, but it's, it's cool. But 
we have like open practice now, like all day, skate and BMX combined. So it's like you get out there and there's like some skaters skating, but there's no BMXers. And I'm like, where are the BMXers at? Like, and it's usually like Michael Aaron loves to ride, but he's like, like, I mean, he was doing like double duty and triple duty last year. Yeah. Like, so like he was stretched real thin. So like he was really like prioritizing his time. Yeah. So as not yeah. to burn out. Um, and you know, like Curtis would like, we had an amazing session, like the whole time he rode practice the whole time last year and he rode a lot this year, but you know, and, and Ryan like rode quite a bit of practice this year because he was like, I mean, eye of the tiger, like, you, you know, you know who that kid is, but he's got the eye of the tiger. Well, yeah. But like, it's fun because we actually had a legit session and like, that's, that's the difference. Like there's some guys show up and like, they're just focused on like, what do I have to do to win? And that's all they want to do is just, I'm only going to practice what I have to do to win right now. And like that, that's where I, like the, the personality issues come in because it's like, man, just have fun. You know, like, like you're stressing yourself out. Like, yeah, relax. You will have fun. You will ride better. Like if right. you just relax. Right. If you have like the, that positivity within you and you're just like stress-free. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, you know what it's like. It's the same thing. It's the same thing when you're riding trails or or a dirt comp or whatever. I mean, yeah. If like, you relax, you ride better. Yeah, I've always felt that way. Oh, of course. Wait, if you're stressed out, like, no, it's it's it can definitely change your whole yeah. session. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I wanted to. Um, we'll kind of jump off uh, mega ramp for now. Um, but I, I was that's, really. That's fine. I was interested to know if people like really accepted our Willie. That that was like because I think so. I mean, there's definitely been quite a bit of. Uh, I've seen quite a bit of online hate towards him right. because for some reason people have trouble accepting that he rides a scooter. Also, I don't see how that in any way changes how good he is on a BMX bike because he's phenomenal. Like the dude can shred a scooter whether you like it or not, and he can shred a bike, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really matter where he comes from. I mean, he does like, you know, quote unquote, scooter tricks on a bike, but that's kind of what's helping him out a lot right now because it's something that's kind of new and fresh in as, as far as X Games goes. Mm -hmm. like they're seeing like, what is this trick? No other BMXers are doing this trick. And we're like, yeah, it's because it's a scooter trick. But like, it's still exciting. It's still yeah. cool. And the fact of the matter is he can still do it and it's wild looking. Yeah. So I mean like I got I got no issues with it. Right. Okay. Okay. The front flip flare that he does, like <laughs> it's so gnarly. And again, I I like I get front row seats. Here's too. my gripe. Here's my gripe with, with Ryan. Get your foot out of your tire, dude. The <laughs> Come on, man. Like and he he knows because I've told him, like, what are you doing? Get your foot out of your tire. Like, A, that's the Probably the craziest thing anyone did on the ramp was like and was then, sticking your foot in your back tire yeah. to slow down on the rolling and the, he didn't do it on the rolling with, with the drop in but when he would roll, roll in over like before the drop he would skid with his foot in his tire like like oh my gosh that's so squirrely dude and then he lands on the jump he does some wild like what the bike's flip fleeing or whatever gets back on and then he lands and sticks his foot in his tire again before the quarter and he's like getting all squirrely and you're just like oh my gosh he's gonna die and then like he just goes to the moon but like it's one of those things where like a perfect example is shanghai he did not touch 
he went full pull. Okay. Into that front flare at like 18 plus. Yeah. So it, it was up in the stratosphere. Gnarly. It was, it was in the kitchen. <laughs> in, in the words of Big Daddy, it was in the kitchen. <laughs> to, uh, to be able to think that fast, to like be able to like put your foot in your tire. Mm. Like it's, it's easy just to go like this, like er, er, yeah. if, if you have brakes, which he's, he's brakeless. But um, to be able to think like, oh, I need to put my foot in my tire real quick to slow down. Like yeah. I could never think that fast. Like that, like you said, that might have yeah. been like the gnarliest thing. <laughs> I mean, Hoffman tried it one year and it didn't work. <laughs> Um, it did work multiple times, but one time it didn't, and it was bad. And that's the one thing I don't want to happen to Ryan. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, uh, silver medal, congratulations. Thank you. Um, here we are, Battle of Hastings. This is the first park-style contest mm. that I've, I've been at, that you've been at. In a while. In a long time. It's been a while. And yesterday was like classic... <laughs> Morgan Wade, like, gnar- like two of the gnarliest tricks <laughs> to go down that day. Like, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of hammers in and, that in that room. Uh, so this this podcast obviously is going to come out later, but right now the internet is is going nuts. Like you know the dig post, the yeah. RBMX, uh, then like countless other riders. Like the flare into the wall um, from <laughs> and that bowl that you're coming out of for that flare. What is that? Like a three foot bowl. Yeah, ish, three and a half, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I haven't got the tape measure out. It's it's a little guy. It's a little bolt. Like there's not a lot of transition to work. But it's kind of nice because it is a pretty far gap, and a mellower like lip into it makes it easier to make the distance. Okay. So from that perspective, it's nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then in best trick, the alley oop out of the wall, yeah. back into that bowl. Like that was like your section of the course. Like you know, like somebody some last night at, at the Nora Cup party, somebody was like, Man, you just like honed in on one section of the course and went nuts. And I was like, I it wasn't my <laughs> I had other stuff I wanted to do too, trust me. Like I, 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 I wasted is the wrong word. I used all my runs, all three runs on one trick. <laughs> and you know, of course we came in like like dead last in the, the park thing, which is fine. I expected that. But like you know, it was it was worth it to pull the trick because like, it's not always about what place you get. No, absolutely, and especially for a contest like this. Yeah. Um, people will be talking about what you you did for like years to come. Right. Similar to like um, like Metro Jams and Backyard Jams, a lot of those contests mm-hmm. where you really did shine a lot because uh, even though I think you won a lot of those, like. I, I won one of them, the Singapore one, the metro. The metro. You only won one metro. I only metro. won one metro. Jam. Why do I? I got second. I got I got second or third at the rest of them I entered though. Okay, you Gary. So I was always on the podium. But. You Gary and Josh, Josh <laughs> yeah, Harrington were yeah. always like right in there. Yeah. But those were so fun to watch because like you always had a handful of clips like in in props or wherever yeah. that was like the gnarliest stuff that people still talk about. I have it in my notes here. Um, which we'll get to in a second again, but like, uh, so I wanted to kind of apologize because you did the alley-oop into the bowl yesterday and you also did the flare. And I remember telling you last night, I was like, oh, it reminded me of like old Morgan. (laughs) And then like, I think we we walked away and I felt kind of bad. I was like, that was kind of like a dickhead thing to say (laughs) because your riding really hasn't changed no, that much. It's it's I always still, been 
throttle pinned. Yeah, I, I, I'll be 100% honest. I still ride the exact same. I, I have nothing's changed in that area. I just don't have a reason to do it. Does that make sense? Yes. Like yesterday was a really good reason to do it, and it was it felt good to beat myself up. You said that sounds weird, but it like typically like if there's something that like if I pulled both those tricks first try, it would not have been the same energy. No, not, not even close. But on top of that. If I pulled both those tricks first try, then there's probably something bigger I should have tried. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, like, when you're really pushing the limits of something, that, of your limits, that is, when you're pushing your own limits, I mean, it should take a few tries. And unfortunately for me, that usually means eating crap and, like, getting, you know, leaving blood streaks in the bowl and <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. But it's kind of like if you ain't crashing, you ain't trying, like, you know... One of those things. Yeah. Like, and, and I feel like it feels good to like be in that zone, which I haven't, you know, I haven't had a, an opportunity to like really do that in a long time. So it felt really good. Well, maybe that's why it kind of reminded me of. I wasn't, I wasn't offended by that comment. By no, me, I know so. you weren't. I know you weren't. But I, I was like, because people have said stuff like that to me before. And I'm like, well, I still ride like that. Like I, I, I'm still like the <laughs> old same Old Chris guy. would have done it. Yeah. Old Chris would have, you know, hurricane or whatever. <laughs> Fill in the blanks wherever you want. But, um. But yeah, I was like, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have said that because Morgan hasn't changed at all. But it, yesterday had that like that that feel oh, yeah. that used to go down at like Metro Jams and back well, that, and that's 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 how I took that because okay. like that it's been a long time since those events were even happening. Period. And then fast forward even farther, it's been a long time since I was at an event where something like that was possible for that scenario to happen, where we had like the energy and the crowd and everyone watching was a BMXer. Yeah. Yeah. Or somehow closely associated to a BMXer, if not a BMXer, um, and that like that doesn't happen at the big events like no. X Games because X Games target audience, the people who come to see those, yeah, there's a ton of BMXers there, but it's mostly just you know average people in the city, the average Joe American or or, or China, Shanghai, or Aussie, whatever that are able to make it to the event and, or maybe travel to come see the event, but they're not necessarily into like a sport as like a core deal. Yeah. They're just kind of like, oh, extreme everything. Like I'll watch the skating, I'll watch this, I'll watch that. Like it's cool to take it all in. Yeah. So that that's like a full, a whole different like, it's just a, di a different atmosphere. So like the fact that that was available to even happen, that's what hasn't happened in a long time. And that's, that's old Morgan, so. Okay. So that's how I took it. Okay, well, perfect. So I'm glad I didn't offend you. But shout yeah. out to the Source and uh, oh, Battle, Battle of Hastings for putting on this 100, event. 100%. Getting everybody together. and uh, I, BMX needs this. BMX needs more and more of this. Lots more of this. Right. It was just so cool. Everyone like, mobs you in the bowl after you, you pull <laughs> yeah. the trick. And everyone's like, going nuts. And, and that was like, it, it definitely brought back some of those old feelings <laughs> yeah. that we used to get on a, on a more regular basis. Correct. Um, yeah. yeah. But I feel like, uh, like ever since you came on the scene, like you came in super hot. Um, there, of course, was the Road Fools Five clip where you have like every <laughs> pad imaginable. Oh yeah! And uh, they they come. Was that your local park? Yeah, it was and my you, local park. You did the Alley Oop Five. The Alley Oop Five. Well, like Simon Tabron or something crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Murray. Trash protector. 
some uh, kid. <laughs> that's such that's such a great introduction to Morgan Wade. Like that, that was like perfect. What a perfect way to like start gaining some sort of recognition. Like I remember when like when you were like really blowing up, like around like two thousand three, mm-hmm. and uh, like everyone's like he's that kid from that clip because like everyone <laughs> yeah. watched Road Fools. Like yeah. those were like the most popular videos. And I was like, oh, he's that dude. It's wow, the guy. The guy. Okay. But um, when what was that? Uh, there was the um, was it a Roots Jam? And I think Scotty won. Mm-hmm. Those Roots, yeah. And maybe did you get second? Yeah, I got second. Okay, that was when I first started noticing you. When I was like, yeah. oh, that dude is something special. Like he's that, gonna- was, that was when I, I I was doing like the super whips and stuff, and that was kind of like newish. Other people were doing super whips. I didn't invent that, but like. I had my own twist to it, which stood out, and that's why people still are like, oh, the signature, whatever. But right, right, it's kind of where that that started because that was the first time I got like photos in magazines and stuff. My first ever photo in Ride magazine was from that contest. Okay, so that's and my second photo ever in Ride magazine was from that contest. It was the next page, so I had the the, the middle like the middle page like that you could pull out or whatever, but it was like both pages, Superman Sea Grab over the hitching post rail, like the coping, coping hitching post. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And you turn the page and there's a picture of me doing a flip whip over the spine. Fun fact, that was the first time I ever flipped a spine. Oh. And I was just like, it's in the contest, I'm hyped. Same scenario, all yeah. the people watching, I was like, I'm gonna flip whip, ah. And I landed like manual, and I manualed down the, the, the other side of the spine, and like 12 feet on, on the flat, just like throttle grip, just like, ah, I got nothing, and then I looped out and exploded, right? But the photo made the magazine, and it said it was Scotty Kramer. Uh, <laughs> well, Scotty was a young flip whipper himself. Oh, dude, he flip whipped over the hitching post that I supermaned over. So. That, that was a real like <laughs> it was a wild like changing so of the wild. guard it was like okay these guys are coming in now like uh but uh, even maybe prior to uh, it might have been around the same time you had a little write-up in uh, in dig yeah it was their loose cannons yeah, loose cannon. sandy carson put a loose cannon was that before or after roots before okay i mean i only got my info i mean yeah. there wasn't a lot going on on the internet but like you get all your information from videos yeah. and magazines. Yeah. And I was such a BMX geek that, like, of course I would notice. All of us were, dude. Like, yeah. We were all, like, cover to cover of every magazine. Like, Yeah. So I, I instantly, like, me along with everybody else started noticing, like, okay, that dude's going to, he's going to be trouble. He's coming in. He's, <laughs> and it, you, you just came on the scene. It's like, I'm Morgan. I'm here to shred. Um, did the loose cannon title ever like bum you out? No, 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 no. no. I, I'm I'm pretty hard to to offend or bum out. Okay. So like I don't, dude. Like stuff bounces off pretty easy. I, I'm I'm pretty easy going. Like I I here's the other thing too. Like I dish out a lot of crap to my friends. A lot. I'm a, a big crap talker. Whenever it comes to like just hanging out and shooting the shit, whatever. Like. I dish it out, but I can take it. That's the whole thing. Anyone that dishes out a lot, of, a lot of crap but can't take it doesn't need to be dishing out crap. But I can take just as much as I can dish, so like it doesn't bother me. Okay. I don't care. Now the loose can that was funny though because there was a whole bunch of like uh, kind of back and forth about that with, between I think it was I think it was Z. Whenever he, we did my uh, ride interview, he kind of made 
mentioned that, you know, like I wasn't a loose cannon because everything was calculated or whatever. And then I remember like him and Sandy kind of got into a little like, because Sandy did the loose cannons article and was and was like, hey, wait a minute. And then it just kind of like went back and forth for a little while. But two photographer, two vegan <laughs> photographers just <laughs> yeah. battling it out. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I wondered if that had, offend, had offended you at all because you never really got a lot of credit for being super dialed, actually. Like, I've seen you do things first try that shouldn't be possible. Case of the, the tail up to ice pick on the seven foot fence in Singapore. That wasn't first try. That wasn't first try. Dude, you gotta make it sound like it was first try. I'm trying to give you a In Singapore, it was first try. Well, that's what I'm saying, in Singapore. <laughs> But I had tried that at other at other metros before that and, and just gotten tatered. Wait, so I'm correct. In Singapore, it was first it was go. First, it was first go in Singapore. Okay. I, I, it, was, it was at like, look, we did the whole of the runs and it was like, last trick. And I was just like, yep, back in. Okay. That's where my memory goes. When yeah. I think of the, the tail up to ice pick on that fence, right. I think of Singapore and you just like, boop, done. Now, tail up to ice picks, like I obviously learned that trick because of Dave Frymouth. Credit where credit is due. Your teammate this weekend. Yes. Okay. Oh, I was so stoked to be yeah, yeah. through the roof. Anyway, he also taught me over over tooth and back on spines and things. So okay, more credit to Dave Frymouth. Um, but that trick, like I can literally, I could be pretty close to dead asleep and do that trick probably. Wow. So like, that's that's not too far of an exaggeration. Like that trick is like I mean. It's like second nature. It just feels, if I can ice pick something, I'm pretty sure I can whip to ice it. Wow, okay. So whenever I, you'll, and it, you'll, if we, if we session much in the future, and I do that trick, you'll probably notice if I go up to like a sub box and I do an ice, and then I come back, I'm probably gonna do a whip to ice next go. Okay. I usually do ice it once and then whip to ice. What a crazy trick to have like in your back pocket like that. It's, it's cool. And you, I feel it's, like it's the, fun to have stuff like that. The tail up to Fufanu too. Like you can do pretty yeah, those regularly. Are, those are a little little less dialed than the ice picks because the ice pick is more room for error. But the Fufanus are obviously more precise. Right. Of course. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, like the thing is like you're, you have time between the quarter and the sub to float up to it. Okay. So then just imagine, take it apart and just do a tail whip in that time. As long as you get your feet on. But you have a quicker, everyone tail whips a little bit different. Like you have a quick whip. I like, do. Now when I do bunny hop tail whips, it's, it's like no bunny hop. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, just it's weird. You kind of like drag off the ground. Yeah. It's, um, I've, I've always noticed that, like, yep. whereas like a guy like Aaron Ross bunny hops hop as, as high as he can. I feel like if, if I would actually bunny hop before I did the tail up, I would be way better at bunny hop whips, but instead I just hit my shins all the time, so I don't do them that often. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I just wondered, like, if you're like, well, I'm not that loose of a cannon. I, I mean, like Brian Kaczynski, when he rides, when he films street parts, it, you know, it looks crazy. Like, oh, you're crazy, man. You're... But to him, he's always like, well, I'm taking, to me, it's calculated. I'm taking a calculated risk. Yeah. Is it like similar with you as well? Like you, I don't... you're in control, even though it might look crazy to someone that doesn't ride like yourself. I won't try anything I'm not like pretty dang positive I can do. It was within my wheelhouse. Like I, you're not gonna see me try something that I'm like, eh, there's a 10% chance. 
Okay. Like I, I'm pretty, usually if I'm trying it, I'm like pretty dang sure that it's going to happen in my head at least. And sometimes it doesn't work out the way you thought first go. And you're like, yo, let's re recount. Let's okay. Regroup. That's not a good idea. So like that does happen every now and then, but for the most part, like that 270 the other day, like that was like, I was like 95% like this will work. Like that in my head, like 95, but that 5% is why I stared at it for so long. Like we had 30 minutes of warm up, mm -hmm. and I stared at it for like 30 minutes and I would take a speed run and then I'd get out and I'd stare at it and I'd go to another angle and I'd stare at it because of that 5%, I'm just like, oh man. So then I started going through like, okay, what could go wrong? How could I get out of it if this happens, if that happens, whatever. So like it is calculated because like I am going over scenarios in my head of what could possibly go wrong. What do I have to do to make this work? All that stuff. And then the first go, if you, if you see like footage of the very first attempt I did, I popped and jumped off almost immediately because I had no clue where I was. And I was like, am I going to land on the subrail? Am I going to land on the deck? Am I going to make, where, where am I? And then I, I jumped off and I looked and I was like, oh, and I went right into the tranny where I wanted to be. And I was like, my body made it. All I got to do is hang on to my bike now. And the second try, I hung on a little longer. And then it just, I had to kind of fine tune it to where I got the correct pull and the pop. And when it happened, it happened. It definitely looked like every slam that you took, you learned a little something from it. A little, like, yeah. And then, you know, I'd, I'd regress a little bit on one of them. I would like push farther than I was supposed to pull and then I'd land somewhere else and I'd be like, ah, crap, I know what I did wrong. I actually said that on the commentary where um, I said like if he maybe carves a little less but yeah. pulls a little bit more, I think it's... 100%. Yeah. That was the key. And the one that, the last one that was like the whole storybook ending, it was just like, this is going to be on the buzzer. I heard Daryl say that when I dropped in. I was like, oh, please, this would come on. Like, and I literally took off and I angled up like I mean before I was going more of an angle like you were saying like far distance wise I angled up and I just yanked as hard as I could and when I did that combination it went like several feet higher mm -hmm. first of all which as soon as you're in the air you kind of know like okay we're, we're in the right zone here and you know sometimes obviously there was a couple where like I barely tagged and I crashed that I probably could have pulled had I been an inch farther but like that one, as soon as I took off, I was like, there we go. That was it. Yeah. And then it just, it's just a matter of hanging on and waiting. You couldn't have landed any better for, especially being again, a, like a three foot transition, like a, a small, small ramp. Like, yeah, if I had landed lower, my front wheel would have hit flat. If I had landed higher, I would have cased. So yeah. it was, it was, it was a picture. It was a fairy tale ending. Fairy tale ending. <laughs> well, then I got a beer dumped in my head and it was great. That's always nice, <laughs> yeah, always especially for you. Don't really sweet. you don't really drink that much, do you? No, not very much. I and honestly, it's not, it's not that I don't drink; it's that I don't like drinking. Okay, I don't really like the taste of beer. So if I'm gonna drink, if I want, if I want to drink, it's because oh yeah, it'll be fun to have a buzz and just kind of like loosen up and have a good time. I'll just pound a beer, like because I don't really want to taste it too much. I got gotcha. you. Coors Light's good for that because it's kind of like water. Tapping the Rockies. Tap the Rockies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or shots of whiskey. That, that does the trick, too. Okay. But from, having from, it dumped Texas, all over. So we do whiskey. But yeah, dumping it. Yeah. Doesn't really do much for it, you. In the moment, it was, it was I mean, it's, it's a compliment. Yeah. So like, I take it as that fully. I don't know who did it, but like, hey, I accept the compliments. So that was like the high fives. It was. No, it was. I mean, and, and it's like, it, when that starts happening, too, here's the other thing. Like, when drinks start getting thrown, it's almost like, 
okay, it's over because now there's beer all over the ramps. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, that, that, the, the exclamation point. Yeah. There's not like three more guys left to drop in like, hey, what about us? Like we, no, I'm going to slip out, bro. Yeah, we got to ride through Morgan's beer that we dumped on him. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thankfully, the buzzer went off right, when I, right after I landed. Yeah, so. like, like, like you said, like storybook or BMX storybook ending, <laughs> yeah. like the clock's winding down. It's yeah. four, three, two. Yeah, that was, uh, that was intense. <laughs> That was like but the again, circus, just like the circus. <laughs> nice, intense. Uh, again, classic, <laughs> classic Morgan Wade. That's how I should have phrased that compliment. I should have been like, "It was classic Morgan, hey, not old Morgan, my guy." There we go. <laughs> um, but so uh, obviously, yesterday was a big success. I mean, you won best trick. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I saw some of the other tricks. I, I mean, that was. To, in my in my head, that was that was up in the air. But like, I don't know, I don't know about everybody else. But like, I also have done stuff like that before, so maybe I have a skewed perspective on it. Okay. On, I mean, dude, there was some wild stuff that happened here. I don't like. Here, here's the deal. I hate to like. I'd hate for that trick to outshine any of the other stuff that happened because. So much gnarly stuff happened. Yeah. And it's just like, that was an unreal contest. Right. It was literally unreal. I mean, I was going through like, you know, the old, the old Graham this morning, uh, just kind of catching up. And I was like, man, I just started saving videos of the other guys and stuff. It's like, I want to post these. I want to post all these. I don't want like, I don't want to just be posting the crap that I do, like, like, yeah. cause this is so crazy. Uh, like Boyd Hilder did the oh my gosh. Smith bar in. There's a video, so there's a video of that that I saved from the back angle, and I'm in the foreground because I was getting ready to take another run when he did that. I'm on the deck in the foreground, and literally, like, what I do with my hands explains exactly what everyone in that building was thinking. I just went, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what the crap? He made it look so easy too. Dude. It's like boom, boom. Oh it's like my nothing gosh. for him. That and and freaking Matt Ray's seven twenty double truck. <sighs> yeah. He's like butter, butter. And then he goes, Oh, I'll land now, puts landing gear down, and then he lands, and then he goes, Oh, let me just half cab out of this. Yeah. It was so dialed. Like high too. High like, so high. Smooth, dialed, like intentional. Everything about it was intentional. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Um there was way more too. That was the, that's the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. Anyone that's listening to this that hasn't seen it, watch all of it. Well, again, this is going to come out like months. I know, after but there's this, definitely going to be people that that probably haven't taken no, the time. I think it's it's been one of the best, like that, like best trick contest was one of the best series of moments oh this gosh. year. So it'll be definitely uh, good to highlight that. Yeah. One thing I want to highlight while we're talking about it: um, Have you ever talked much about your video part and drop the hammer? Because, and oh, I asked wow. that, because that, <laughs> that going back to Battle of Hastings, you did that alley-oop into mm-hmm. the bowl. It reminded me of the alley-oop that you did in Lot 8 in your part in Drop the Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started thinking about that part more. Again, I, I wrote my notes down this morning. So. I'll tell you this right now. The Lot 8 one was sketchier. Uh, yeah, we were talking... It was not as difficult, but it was way sketchier. It looked like a combination of, like, gnarly and super technical. Like... Uh, it, was, I, it was, I think, precise. It was, it was 
you have to go fast, you have to go high and, and just yank and then be precise where you land because there's the, that doorway right there on the landing. Yeah, and it's a far drop down. And yeah. uh, how, did you get that first try? No. Okay. So, wait a minute, hold on. I got that one, two, third try, I think. No, I got it second try. I could be wrong. Walter's probably gonna listen to this and be like, no, I remember I was filming. But I got, I think, I think I got it second try. First try, I'm pretty sure I overshot and landed at the bottom of the wedge and like kind of like did like the, the front wheel bounce to like lose the bike type of thing. And then second try, I pulled it, but <laughs> sorry, Walter. Well, he had the fisheye and he went around and when he came around, he went right into the wall and like, oh. and like, it just like, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't fully his fault because the way he, the motion he had, he turned and it was just right there because he just didn't realize it was gonna be right there. So then he was just like, oh, he felt bad. He was like, yeah, I gotta do it again. I was like, all right, I'll do it again. And then the next try, I feebled down the side of the, the wedge, which was terrifying. Cause there's the landing, for anyone that's unfamiliar with this, the landing goes up and then there's like a sub box that's directly above a doorway next to the wedge landing. And it's literally, I have like three feet maybe. The window was like three feet on the edge of that wedge to land in because there was a wall right in the way on the other side. Yeah. And yeah, I just didn't pull back enough and just did like a grind down the thing. And it was like, I had to go change my pants figure, you know, figuratively. Yeah. But, uh, and then I got it the next try, but. It worked. I was there a few weeks later after you had done it. And someone was telling me like, oh, Morgan pulled from here and he landed in the wedge here. And I said, no. <laughs> and like, I, I literally, I didn't believe, I forget who was telling me about it. I'm like, it might've been like a camper or something that was like telling me about it. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Like you, he must've done something else. That, that kid, that kid, no. Cause I'm like, that's not possible. He's a loose cannon. If you look at it, it's like, nah, that's not possible. But then when I saw the clip, I'm like, wow. Like that, that <laughs> was one, it does work. I don't think enough people talk about A, that section and B, that clip. Cause that section was, I don't, I mean, it was all hammers. Drop the hammer. Um, I mean, I got. I have a Nora cup for it, so no I'm big deal. Pretty, pretty stoked on I'm, that. I'm glad you brought that up yourself because I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna mention it, but uh, yeah, we just had Nora cup last yeah. last night, and what you won video part of the year for that. Yeah, that was like a video part of the year for that, and then I got ramp ride of the year that same year. So you got two Nora cups in one night. Those are my first two Nora cups. How many have you won overall? Three. I got. I got ramp rider of the year the next year also. Okay. Gosh, so, um, and then last night you were presenting Transition Rider of the yeah, Year. Yeah, which was awesome. That was, that was a real, like, I, I was stoked when Fudger called me and asked me if I'd be willing to do that. As like, I, you know, he calls like, would you be willing to like, you know, present the, the award? And I was like, so I guess I didn't win it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, of course, of course I didn't win it. But like, I made that joke and it was crickets last night. I was like, oh man, <laughs> this is hot in here. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was an honor to do that. I mean, that's like. That's a pretty big compliment. Man, I know, like that, and that's exactly how I took it. I was like, holy crap, like I never thought that, 
you never think about that type of stuff, especially back then, like, because all the dudes that get to present those things are like, the dudes, you know, like, holy cow, like, this guy's doing it? Like, yeah. the, so, like, like, you know, you got like, like, like Hoffman and like that whole genre of guys, Wilkerson, like all those dudes. And, and it just, it blew me away that I was essentially put in that class by being offered to do that. Okay. So I, that, that's how I took that. It's yeah. a major compliment for me. And it's kind of like icon status, you know? Whatever. Um, so you won video part of the year for Drop the Hammer, deservedly so, and I suggest everyone, I'm gonna, when I, when I uh, put up these interviews beforehand, I'll spend like a week like hyping them up. I'm like, I'll put up Drop the Hammer. Nice. Just nice. so everyone is reminded <laughs> of like the impossible feats. Like the rail in uh, Colorado. Yeah. The, yeah, the one the that like, snakes around. Yeah. I love the look on your face when you, when you pull it. You're just like, or did you? Did I you, went. <laughs> yeah. I like landed and like sat down. I was like, whoa. You had that bushy hair oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Morgan. Classic. Uh, you know, I went back and tried that again. Uh, why? A couple of years later, because it had rail stoppers all the way down it, and I wanted to see if I could do it, and I got to the bottom of the second turn and stopped. So it was like... like the whole- Every foot, there was like a little like quarter-inch nub that was actually kind of like... It was like a, a smooth nub, though. You know those... Uh, oh, what are those bolts called that, that have like the the square on the bottom side so you can't take them off from the top mm. so they like stick in and they bolt from the bottom or whatever it was like that but they were welded in so it had these little nubs every foot down it so you jump on it it'd be like it would actually like bounce like you're on like train tracks or whatever and i literally made the first turn made the flat and started leaning and made it to like within like two feet of the bottom of the rail and came to a dead stop and just fell over only you would... I just thought it would be cool to do it with rail stoppers, too. Right. Anyone else would have looked at it and been like, ah, I did it before. Like, too bad it's rail stop. Now no one else can do it. But then you tried it anyway. <laughs> That's, yeah. You know, every time I've been back to Baldy on that same time, I've, I've looped Baldy every single time I've gone back. I think I've done it about eight times now. Dude, that's crazy. It's fun. Like, why wouldn't you? You're there. Like, well, um, You know, it, it seems way crazier to think about, but when, you, when we saw you do it, I was like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. It looks like you just kind of hang on for the ride. Oh, Baldy? Yeah. Uh, or, or just a full pipe in general when, yeah, you, when yeah. you loop it. I mean, I don't want to give all my secrets away, but yeah, it's really easy. <laughs> um, it's I, just a head game. Everything's a head game. Like, it's scary. Yeah, it's, it's real scary because, like, you're going upside down. You're over concrete. You know, a lot of things that could go wrong. But if you break it down to what it actually is, it works. It looked like nothing more than like carving a bowl corner. Yeah, or that's all like it that. is. That's all uh, it is. It's going through a berm. It's ripping through a berm with that's just like whap. You're just doing it vertically instead of horizontally. Well, because uh, we have this thing in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like this big cone. Um, it's like something they used for uh, steel manufacturing back in in the '60s and '70s, and it's no longer used. And it's just, you ride it like it's a, a full mm-hmm. pipe, and it's just kicked back enough to where you ride it and it feels kind of like how I would imagine a full pipe. It's oververt, right? Um, no, it's not oververt. I'll have to show you a photo. So picture like, it's a cone that comes out and you can like ride this part of it and it's just slightly angled 
Uh-huh. Once we're done here, I'll show you a picture. Well, the top would be overbird then. Like it's like, it's not like that. It's like that. Yes. Yeah. So yes, it is. Yeah. This part's overbird. That's what I'm talking about. But you can ride it like yeah, a yeah. full pipe. And uh, I've always thought like, if I can do that, I could probably do a full pipe. And then watching. You can do a full pipe. You guys do. A, can anyone with, you know, mediocre talent do a full pipe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So everyone, everyone watching is gonna go out and just like start hooking. Because I always picture, yeah, I picture rooftop. Remember when he tried the the yeah. loop and he just bails out at the top and he does like the backflip. I've been I've had some spirited debates with rooftop about that clip. Okay. Because I have some experience with loops. Yeah. Not one of those kind of corkscrew style ones. So that could be the only area that there could be like a uh, an off thing. He maintains that he went so fast that he just like blew off the back or whatever. I maintain that he looked and looped out. Like he he leaned back. Like he got upside down and then like <laughs> yeah okay. You have to like kind of keep he, your head down. He came off the top. I'm sorry, rooftop. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm not. I love you. But you fell from the top to the bottom. If you're going so fast, you just slid around. I've, I've slid around. I've done that before. I've blown off the back and slid around. And you just go, whoosh, you just keep going. Yeah. We can debate this more later, rooftop. Well, <laughs> you're a huge fan of rooftop, though. I am. I am. I remember at Woodward I was West, hanging out with him last night. It was amazing. CFB qualifi- the, the qualifier for X Games. Yeah. Uh, CFB, Woodward West. You had the sign. Rooftop, rooftop is on fire. Rooftop is on fire. I drew a little picture of him and like the rail, the coping on fire because of his video part where he had the ramp on fire at the, the volume warehouse. Yeah. He lit himself yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Lit himself up. I, I, I love rooftop. Like, Homie was lit. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious and cheesy. Hey. Nice. As um, is rooftop. <laughs> dude, me and me and rooftop have a, a funny relationship. Like I, I love the dude and I believe that he loves me as well, but we always just we're constantly like talking smack <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Uh, you gotta dish it and take it. Uh, so competition success. Yeah. Especially in, in the years that I, I I've written down like oh three to like two thousand eight, maybe nine, kind of seemed like the Morgan show. It was like <laughs> if there was a contest going down, you knew that you were going to be there. You're going to be throwing down. It was going to be fun. It was going to be exciting, and you were probably going to do really well. The way that I always that I always approached contests and still do is kind of like an all or nothing type of thing. I have like a few. I find a few things that I know I want to do. I figure out which one is going to take the most energy, and I do that out of the gate because that's when I got you know, all gassed up and I'm not tired or out of breath. And then it's kind of like, okay, that worked. On to the next. On to the next. And you just kind of go work your way through rather than doing like a run over and over and over and over again. I mean, most people could probably figure out what I was going to, what I'm going to do based on watching pra- practice, but it's not like verbatim. Like, there's a lot of guys that will practice their run. Yeah to a T, all the tricks, everything, every time. And those are the dudes that have done really well and they're very consistent in like, you know, the big major like do tours and X games and stuff like that because they, they are just dialed. Everything they do is just like, because they do it a million times. But I kind of like, I kind of like there to be that like, I guess that uh, it might not work factor. Right. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, I would like it to work. I'm not trying to like hinder myself in, in the contest, but at the same time, it's like, I want to do that, but I don't want to practice that. If right. I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it. Like, right. And the same thing, same thing here at Battle Hastings. Like, the, the flare transfer and all that stuff was like, I want to do it, but I'm not practicing it. Like, and I had a handful of other things that I was wanting to do too that I, I balled up in practice that were not on the same exact obstacle. <laughs> um, I did want to use the entire course. I just didn't really get a chance to because I got stuck on the first thing. That's all right. But uh, it is what it is. But you know, like I've always, I've always kind of been been like that with contests, where it's like, hey, it's either gonna work and I'm, I'll, I might win or get top three, or it's not gonna work and I'm gonna get towards the back of the pack last or whatever. So like that's kind of, and you know, most of the time I end up somewhere in the middle because some things work and parts of it work, and I'm able to salvage some of the run and I still do decent or whatever. So well, you did. Uh and I don't know if this is your biggest win of all time, but would you say gravi- win- winning Park at Gravity Games was one of your biggest wins? Definitely, definitely. I th- that was, I mean, like, as far as, as far as, like, events go, that, that one was probably, like, I'd put it at the top of the list, yeah. Okay. Because that was, like, I mean, everyone was there. It was, like, a big major event that like I was very familiar with you know and like I mean I also won the LG Action Sports Championships in Dallas oh yeah not to take anything away from that that one I mean the prize purse is bigger in Dallas but not to take anything away from that event but Gravity Games felt bigger I think Gravity Games was bigger yeah. at that point I mean it's an NBC event mm-hmm. and the and the crowd was huge yeah. and like you said every pro was there yeah um and, and the payout was good. Was it like thirty grand for first place or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Which uh, I always thought that was like that was some of my who got who got second at that contest? Nyquist. Nyquist, like the contest guru. Yeah. Like you're like kind of a young kid coming in, and <laughs> like you're kind of considered this loose cannon, but you put together a full park run that beats the best in the world. It was like yeah, and then and then I stopped. And I took the glove off. <laughs> yeah. For the bike flip. <laughs> the bike flip. That was when that was a freshie. One, uh, you had the bike flip pretty dialed too for, yeah. for a minute there. Yeah. Did you ever successfully pull the wall ride to bike flip? Nope. Not at once. Because I remember you getting close at a few of the yeah, Metro real jams. Close. I only ever tried it at Metro. The only places I ever tried it. Like the one time was just like the first, it was the first Metro I ever went to. It was the, the Vancouver Metro in 2003, I believe. Uh, and it was just kind of like an afterthought. Like I, the comp was like, we were done. But you know how those comps go. Like it was over pretty much, but people were still trying last tricks. And you know, you do your last trick and then you're like, cool, I did it. And you're looking around and there's still other dudes doing their last tricks and you're like, oh, I got another idea. And then you, you try something else. And like, that's just how those comps worked. And that's what creates that environment that everyone's just like, ah, feeding off each other and like the crowd and everything. And they just run long, you know. I assume, you know, it'll be that way tonight with the finals here at Battle of Hastings. But like, uh, yeah, but, and I was just like, oh man, I wonder if I can wall ride to bike flips. I think I did a wall ride to tail up or something. And then I was like, I got really close. And then it was just like, oh, snap. And I tried it a couple more times. And I remember I like almost ripped my nipple off on like a, a screw head or something. And I was like, <laughs> I'm done. 
I slid down on my chest, just like ee, down the ramp, and it was like I legitimately thought that I tore my nipple off. So oh. I stopped. Bummer. Yeah, bummer. And I tried <laughs> it again the next the next one or whatever in in Toronto and, and like hurt my ankle or whatever. So I, like, I remember oh, that. I remember that. Um, now, of all like the contest success that you had, was there like one contest in particular that stands out? Like, uh, I talked to Biz on a we did a podcast earlier, and he was saying how like ironically it was Gravity Games of Y two K, and he's like, yeah, I was just having this day where I just felt like I couldn't mess up. Like everything was just working, and it was just like in the zone. He was yeah. young, and he like he did really well. He got like third place, and he was you know, a relatively unknown kid at this point. And how that like kind of skyrocketed. And was there like one or two contests that like you think really maybe solidified you a little bit more? Or was there like, I guess I'm kind of asking two questions. Or was there like a, a contest like that where you're like, I can't mess up. Like everything's just well, boom, boom, boom. Early on it would have been Roots, Roots Jam. Like the second, the, the last year, 2004, it was the last Roots Jam. That was like, that, I won that one. So obviously the year after this, the one that Scotty won. And like that one, I, I just, what you're saying, like as far as like solidifying that, then that same year I went on to the CFP at the Enterprise in Woodward West. And it was just like, that was my favorite park at camp. Right. Across the camp's favorite park. And I was just like, this is my jam. I can pedal in here. And it was like, ah, Mach 10 everywhere. Loved it. So like though, as far as solidifying, like kind of like, how I rode and, and if I had a place in BMX or whatever, I would think those. If I had to narrow it down to one contest where like the all-time favorite like would be X Games 2006. Pink bike with all the pocket airs. Down in the bottom of the tennis tennis court. It was the one with the roll-in to the huge hip thing. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Scotty won. Scotty won. And uh, that was the one where like literally I was just like, I can pocket air literally across the park here. And I told, I tried it once and the wall almost broke when I hit it. So I was like, Nate, we gotta put some, some boards. So he was like, I'm on it. And he put a bunch of like bracing behind the wall. And then I pulled it in practice and like, I'm on it, Morgan. I'm on it. You can do Dude. the pocket now. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I totally forgot about that X yeah. Games. Cause uh, I, re I remember sitting and watching, I was in the stands and uh, yeah, I remember you and Scotty. I'm like, oh, the yeah. the kids are still doing hey. pretty good. Um, so yeah, that was really cool because it. I don't remember you doing a ton of like tricks. I mean, of course you did tricks, but it was yeah. like more about how you used right. the course. And that's always been kind of like my 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 thing. Like, yeah, you can do tricks, and I can do all the box jump tricks and stuff. But like, I prefer to find something nobody else is going to do, and that's why. I love riding with Drew Bazanzen, but I hate riding a contest against him because we see the same stuff and we want to do the same gaps. And it's like, it's like, oh man, I wanted to be the only person to do that. But it, man, it's so fun to watch somebody else ride like that. Now you mentioned Drew and you guys, I think are cut from the same cloth in a sense in that- He's just more dialed. <laughs> well, but you're both, you guys both like having a good time, Yeah. but you guys are both pretty competitive too. Yeah, yeah uh, that's it. Was it like in a contest atmosphere? Was it all fun and games or were you kind of like driven by that competitive atmosphere? No, the only time I can think of where the competitive thing really played a, played a role that I, that I was aware of at the, at the moment was, was it the second year of Dew Tour? 
in Louisville, I, it was in the, the qualifying. I like did, did a run and, and qualified. I was in second place after my first run. And then Mira went and he was in first place. And then I was like, I want to beat that. Like, it was just, like, I just got like that. And I was like, I had some stuff saved for finals that I was going to do to spruce up my run. And I should have just left it alone and been like, all right, I'm in. We're good. But, but I was just like all hyped up and I was like, oh man, I can do this. So then that was like, I had this big wall drop. I started the run off with like in, into a big like quedge quarter thing, wedge thing. And I was, so then, you know, of course, like I did the tail whip drop in instead of just the drop in, you know, and like, and then I did like just extra, a little bit extra bells and whistles in the same run and qualified first. Only time in my life I ever beat Dave Mir in a contest. And oh, it was wow. qualifying at that contest. I then got my butt kicked in finals, which means Dave Mira actually beat me in the contest. So I've never beaten Dave Mir in a contest. Fun fact. And the only time I got second place at an X Games in a park and Scotty won, Dave lacerated his liver that year and couldn't ride. Oh, okay, yeah. On that big hip. Yeah. That's huh. the thing. I look back and I'm like, man, like... That's always kind of like been like a, a fun memory for me with about Dave, like because I was like, yeah, he literally he's the only pro in a park competition from my era that I never beat. But that makes and it, I like that though. Yeah, I'm, I was gonna I'm, say like, that's pretty cool actually. It's, it's like that's to me that's special. That's really special. Yeah. Because so. now I mean, he'll always be that guy. Yeah. Um, he always has been, and he still is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's awesome. That's a that's a good story. Um, injuries lots <laughs> at the same time for the slams that you've taken it doesn't seem like you've ever been like that jacked up I always tell people the, the, the first thing the first thing that you should learn how to do if, if you want to be a pro BMXer is learn how to crash okay learn how to crash you, you won't get hurt as much you still get hurt <laughs> but if you know if you are aware that something is going wrong the ones you, you get really broke off on are the ones you don't see coming, as I'm, you're very aware of. Yeah. Like, you don't expect, you're like, yeah, I got this, and you're loose, and you're feeling good, and then all of a sudden your back tire just clips, and you go, wham! And then you're just like, we wake up, and you're like, what happened? Where are my teeth? Like, <laughs> like, those are the ones that you can't see coming, but for the ones you can see coming, learn how to crash, learn how to jump off your bike, learn how to hit and roll, learn how to like, maneuver your body in the air so you don't land on your head you land on your elbow and you get a swellbow instead of you know yeah teeth missing or whatever you had mentioned that earlier with that alley-oop from battle of hastings like you're like okay what could go wrong and yeah. when things start to go wrong how am i going to get out of it like yeah. so to to be able to the ability to crash i think is a is a huge yeah. thing for people to know how to do because i'm sure you know people i know people that when they fall, they just break like glass. I mean, I have a friend that like, he literally, he quit riding uh, a few years ago because he's just like, I'm so tired of getting hurt. And like, yeah. cause you don't know, how, like every time you bail off your bike, it's like, Ugh! like you become like a wet noodle and just yeah. like, I feel like, you know, like on that same note, like then there's those people that I feel like don't know how to crash, but they're just tough as nails. Like Brian Kuczynski, for example. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Every time he crashes, he lands on his chest. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, like, don't let land on your chest. But he's like, 
and then he gets up and he's like, and then he keeps going. He's just so tough. Yeah. Like, he can Which just withstand. Awesome. It, it, so it works out. It evens out. But you're kind of, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, you're pretty tough yourself. Like, you're a high pain tolerance. Right. So like today, after the slams you took, we're eating breakfast. Everyone that came in, how you feeling today, dude? How you feeling? And you're like, oh, I'm a little sore, but I'm good. Like, yeah. It seems like... Um, My sore might be different than everybody else's sore. I don't know. I can't feel what other people feel, so I don't know. I don't ever hear... I don't ever hear about, like, you know, you. long-term injuries with you or anything like that. I've never heard, like, blowing out a knee or, or an so ankle. So I've, I've had, like, I've, I tore my PCL before, um, which I had to wear a knee brace for about a year. I couldn't do tabletops, and that was, like, <laughs> that was not fun. Okay. Tabletop's my favorite trick. Interesting to know. Period. For all the stuff that you can do. Like. Tabletop, you can't beat a classic get wrapped up, bro. You nice. know how it is. I've never been able to, to get the tire, the tire burn because I don't do tables that way. I don't do like the invert style where the tire comes back here and hits. I do like the one where it gets up, up here in front. Okay. But like, I love that trick. You can't go wrong with that trick. If I could get away with doing one-handed tables on a mega ramp, I would never do another trick on the quarter pipe other than a one-handed table. It's comfortable. It feels good. It looks better than everything else, in my opinion. It looks rad when you do. And it. like, you can't go wrong with that. Like, it's classic. Yours are different too, because like the hand kind of comes off first, and then yeah. the one hand does all the work. Whereas most guys will like go into the table and then take the hand off. But you're like, so I can't really do it very good on like anything small, smaller than like I haven't really been able to do that trick even on like a vert ramp. But like mega ramp, it's just so much time. On the way up, you literally, I stand up, if you watch this, I stand, straighten my legs and do a one-hander on mm. the way up. And then I just turn my body and fold. Oh, wow, okay. So you stand up and put, do a one-hander like this. You're just like literally straight <laughs> on the way up. And then as you turn, you just twist, twist your knees and, and your hips and, and it folds. I'll give it a go the next time I'm and blasting. Then, and then you can chill there for a second, and then you just go, and it pops back out, and you're pointing straight down. If you say so, man. That yeah. sounds, like I said, next time I'm riding the mega ramp on. Seems legit. I'll give it a go. <laughs> it feels great, I love that trick. But you know, yeah, I, I hurt my, my PCL, and I couldn't do that, any, any tabletops for that matter. I couldn't even like barely start to turn, and it was, it was rough, because I had this huge knee brace on that kept my knee feeling like it was in one piece. And uh, thankfully, though, the muscles, I was able to strengthen it and not have surgery. And oh, that's fantastic. Get, out, get off the, wean off the brace. And, and I mean, if I, if I like move my shin, my shin will wobble if I'm relaxed. But if I tighten up, it's rock solid. Okay. And that's, that's you know, my doctor was like, yeah, your muscles will compensate for that one. So. Okay. Well, great. And I've had like spleen, ruptured spleen broken uh, scaphoid, my hand, my wrist, same time, the same crash. That was that Brazil mega ramp crash. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, that's the only X Games I've missed in the last, you know, since 2003 was because I couldn't ride because of the spleen. Right. And then uh, I've had quite a few. I've had some other bad ones, but for the most part, I, I, I get off pretty easy. Again, for the slams that you've taken, for what we've seen. I got strong bones. It's like, yeah. like. <laughs> You're, yeah, pretty solid. Uh, I forget. What I, I, I do. I do have a little more, like, not to sound jockey or anything. I got a little more muscle than most guys have. 
I'm a bit stockier than most most of the riders. You're a bit thicker than some yeah. of the other guys. And I think that plays a big part because, yeah, I mean, you hit the ground, your muscles act as a, like a, a pad almost. You know, they hurt, they get sore, but like they can absorb some of that. And, and, they, hold, and they hold you together. That's what Brad Sims had always said. He's like, the more muscle I have, yeah. the less it hurts when I slam. I mean, he takes big slams too, but he's yeah, like he such a big guy that he's like, yeah, I mean, if, if you work out, you take care of yourself and, and you have a little bit more muscle, like it makes it a little bit easier. That's what K-Rob always did back in the day. Remember how big he was? He was like, yeah, if you work out harder, like you slam harder, you can get back up. And he, he used to slam. Yeah. His problem was is he, he didn't have enough, enough muscle around his brain. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he would get knocked out and then like, that was his issue was his concussions. But of like, course. I mean, a lot of those, I mean, the vert riders, the pioneers, yeah. like those guys paid that ultimate, mm-hmm. that, that price with, the, with their health, with uh, hitting their heads so many times and everything. And I remember like Miron, you know, telling me stories about like getting lost in his neighborhood and things like that. And it was always like terrifying. But you, you think like, well, these guys really paid a huge price yeah. to progress the sport and and, and, and it, we're all for, forever, forever thankful, but it, it's definitely, it's, it's scarier now knowing what we know about, about head injuries in particular. Um, we can stop talking about injuries now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, a, it's a fact of what we do though, right? Yep, yep. Um, I guess that's a good segue into my next thing. Um, you're a family man now. Yeah. Uh, wife, you have a son. Yeah. Um, does having a family in any way act as like a governor to the way that you ride? Like, do you think about things a little bit more now knowing that like, hey, I have a family, I have other things that I need to think about? Yeah, yeah, it does, it does change your perspective on things because I mean, I'm responsible to provide for them. And like, if, you know, I take myself out, then I can't provide. So like that, that is definitely in the back of my head. As far as, and this goes back to what we were talking about, about calculation calculated risk i don't try something unless i am pretty dang positive i can do it so when it comes to like mega ramp stuff like i'm not like nothing i do on that ramp is something that's out of my wheelhouse even though it may seem wild and crazy or whatever the first time i try it or whatever like it's not that i can't do it it's that like it's just pushing the limits of what i can do potentially and you know i do think about that um, a prime example, the first year in Minneapolis, uh, I think I, that was the year that I did like a 35 foot swan dive to my peg on my sternum and like it, it dude, it sucked. I just, I just did, I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a safety run. And I, I did my safety run and it was just, I don't even remember, I think I did a three flip, a three flip no hander to like a double whip. And I slipped a pedal and I got a little squirrely, but it wasn't like, I didn't touch the ramp, but I slipped a pedal and just kind of sat down and like, it wasn't like clean. And they had made a, con- a, a, a point of saying that they wanted to see us ride clean. The judges had said it in the meeting. So I was like, oh, so I was like, oh, that was a good run though. You know, and like I saw some of the other guys do like much less as far trick wise and height wise. And, and they got like way higher scores. And I was like, when the score came back, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm glad I know where we stand. That means I've got to stick that clean. I didn't take it as an insult or I got ripped off. It was nothing like that. I was just like, okay. 
I, I was looking at the other guys. I was like, okay, yeah, they did this, this, and this, but they were smoother. So that's why. I'm like, cool. I know where we stand. So I came back, and next run, I just like biffed the jump and just slid out, you know. And I was like, okay, well, I got two left. Third, third round, I was like, okay, let's get it. Let's get like another that safety run cleaned up and get a better score. So I was like, all right, three flip, no hander, double whip. On the second whip, I kicked the tire and the the whip stopped. I don't know if you remember this or not, but like it just stopped and I just, it was like a 22 foot air. And I just went, with the bike like backwards, like yeah. in the wrong spot. And I was just like augering in, like kind of like face first because of the angle I was at when I kicked the bike. So I tried to throw the bike to get away from it, but instead I threw it straight under me. And I was like, oh no. So now I'm like rolling the windows down. The bike lands and I land on the bike, the peg hits and I land literally like laying on top of the bike and the peg went right into my sternum. And I just hit and just slid for a little ways and stopped. And it hurt so bad. But I they they had been like that was when the whole like concussion thing was really fresh on everyone's head because of the stuff that was going on around that time. And and uh they were like anytime like Michael fell and like just like bopped his head a little bit, his helmet. He wasn't even like jacked up, but he bopped his helmet and they were like, they ran out there and they were like holding his head and they're like, okay, do the thing. Remember these numbers, blah, blah, blah. say the alphabet backward. Like, and it was just like, holy crap. And they like, didn't let him like get up. And I was just like, I didn't hit my head. They're going to run over here and basically like, just hold me down and be a pain in the butt. And I was like, I'm all right. I think. <laughs> right. But I was like, I can breathe, whatever. So I just stood up and I waved and I walked off and just suppressed it all. The pain wise, I was just like, oh, I'm good. I just walked off, went around the corner and I was like, oh my gosh. Like that was, uh. I was like, Michael, if you talk to Michael, I walked around, I saw him and I was like, I'm dying right now. Cause like I had like this hit in the sternum and everything hurt. And I was just like, oh, I think I might've cracked some ribs. Like this just sucks. And then I was like, well, crap. And I kind of got my wits back about me. I was like, all right, I'm taking my last run. And I went up to the top and I was like, man, like I'm literally sitting in last place right now. Like, and I was like, I have to like, I mean, I have to make money at this contest so that we can pay our bills. And in my head, I was like, man, I'm looking down. I see Natalie and Cotter down there. And I was just like, I literally like have a choice to make. I can either do the run that I wanted to do to try to win the contest right now, which would have been like triple whip or what, whatever it was, which was rolling the dice because that trick is kind of like hit or miss with me. It was like, you know, it might happen. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, like that type of thing. I could do it, but if one thing's off, I'm probably gonna like slip a pedal or whatever and, and blow it. I can either do that or I can do another safety run. And I know I won't win the contest. I might make top three, but probably not but it'll be better than last place. And I literally made the choice at the top that I was just gonna take another safety run. And it was like, that was one of those moments where I literally like having Cotter you know, down there, you know, and Natalie and the family, the whole family dynamic, I literally made a choice based on that. Okay. Not to roll the dice and try to go for the glory, you know, it was either all or nothing. That was, that was definitely, a in my head like a game like a, kind of a game changing moment because it was one of the first times where I had to literally make that decision and I and I did it and I was like you know what and anything's better than last place right now 
I'm going to try to move up in the scale a little bit. I'm not going to win with this run, but I'm just going to do it. And what place did you end up? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. I was less than a point out of out of medals. Still pretty good. Which was was pretty good. And yeah. and I did the same run. I did the three flip no hander to a, a twenty one foot double whip, I think, and I landed smooth and like no big deal. And then afterwards, <laughs> I was like, oh my chest. <laughs> Somehow I made it. I made it through that. Did you break your sternum? No, I didn't. I just bruised bruised ribs, which is worse than breaking ribs, but I broke my sternum a few years ago. Oof. It was unpleasant to say Oof. the least. Um, it was it, there's nothing they can do. It's like a rib, yeah. you know? Like yeah. they're like, "Okay, well, good luck. Yeah. Come back in 6 weeks, we'll let you know if it's healed." And it's like, "Okay." I thought I broke my sternum one time in Amsterdam at that frame reactions contest, that Red Bull thing that that Nate <clears throat> Nate was doing where the ramps were moving. Mhm. And I did the whole like chest plant on the, the upper deck, jump, trying to jump it backwards. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Broke a two by four with my chest. And I was like, Ugh. it was like 13 feet up. I jumped, I missed the jump, whatever. Ribs, sternum to two by four, broke it. And then I fell 13 feet, feet in the air to flat on the back. Oh God. And of course the medic runs up, are you okay? Can you breathe? And I was like, <laughs> like stop talking to me. <laughs> But like, nothing broke, so whatever. The board broke. Yeah, of course. <laughs> broke a two by four. Yeah, you usually like do more damage to the ranch <laughs> than yourself. Uh, I, in my- I got nothing on Jake Brown. Jake Brown broke a four by four. Oh my gosh. And all he does is like sprain his wrist. He's like a little bowling ball. Dude. That dude, <laughs> that dude's wild. Jake's awesome. Yeah. I love Jake. He's a super nice guy, yeah. but he's definitely a tweaker. A little bit. <laughs> uh, definitely. I, in my my interview with that I did with Biz, he said the hardest part about getting older and trying to stay at a certain level is not having a lot of people his age that want to like ride at the level that he wants to ride at. Do you find that to be a problem at all? Uh, I'm yes and no. I mean, I do show. I do a lot of shows. Okay. I do a lot of shows. How much time do you spend like on the road doing shows? This year, I've been gone almost as much as I've been home. Oh wow! Okay. Every year, I feel like BMX is slowing down, and every year, it's I'm gone more. Like it's it's it just it keeps going. Now I do more shows than I do. I used to do more contests than shows, and now that's kind of like flipped. Yeah. But it's okay because I've always done shows. Like that's one thing I, I think a lot of people think if you turn into a show rider, you're washed up or you're no longer a competitive rider. And and a hundred percent that's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Because I've been doing shows since day one and I love doing shows. And I think doing shows makes you consistent and helps you ride in front of a crowd and helps you kind of uh, cultivate your personality while riding in front of people um, because you're you're just showing off what you've got a talent at you know and and you you take that to a competition setting and it's exactly the same you're mm -hmm. showing off what you got a talent at. and on top of that you get to do tricks now it depends what your attitude is while you're doing shows my attitude is i like to do all the tricks that i do that i want to do in a contest stuff i want to be dialed at i do them in shows every day like 720s to me are 360s I can do a 720 the same as a 360 because I do them so often in shows. And like I'll do a school show for a bunch of like third, fourth graders and I'll do 720s in the show. Like I don't care, like it's fun. I wanna do those tricks, like that's like how I ride. 
So that helps you kind of maintain those skills as far as that goes. And it's, it's you know, there's the whole like riding with friends, like we were talking about with, with Biz, like there's that, but then doing shows, you're riding for people the same way, but different because it's not a session, it's a show. Um, I don't ride a t- I don't have a ton of sessions anymore with like because I don't have a, like a good skate park where I live, so there's not like a good scenario to have just a rowdy session with a bunch of dudes. Now, I do you know travel and stuff, and I'll get to go ride and, and have sessions and whatnot. But usually, the reason the session happens is because I hit hit dudes up that I haven't seen in a long time, and that you know are same you know the same thing that you're talking about like that will make for a good session. Gotcha. Or show up at you know Pat Casey's house and ride his ramp and like that's just a, a loony bin and in in the nicest of all ways that could possibly be taken, that's a compliment. Like it's it's amazing over there, but like, and that that'll push your riding too. Just being around those dudes. That, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've only been there once and it was amazing. I'd love to go back sometime. Same here. Last time I was there, I was hurt, so I couldn't ride. But like yeah. Dennis was there and Pat oh. Casey's there, and it's like, geez, these guys are. Pat Casey at his own house? Well, weird. weird. I can imagine, though, like, <laughs> you never know. Like, there could be people riding. Yeah, he's just yeah. kind of hanging out, meaning he was actually riding the Right, ride. right, right. Uh, but, yeah, that's interesting what you say about shows because I, I look at a guy like Dave Volker. Did shows into his late 40s, mm-hmm. maybe even his 50s. I, I, I don't know. But, like, he was so dialed. I remember Brian Castillo telling me about Volker doing shows. And he's like, yeah, Volker will still 180 the box jump at a yeah. show. I'm like... What? He's like, yeah, for like, for like elementary school kids, he's 180ing an entire box jump. And he's like in his late 40s, he's just so dialed. He's done it for so long. He's, you know, every day he's doing his hardest tricks. Yeah. So it's like nothing for him. It's like second nature. I think he's recently retired from the show scene. But I mean, what a way to like, yeah. Uh, that, uh, what a way to like, I don't want to say go out because he's still around. He's still riding bikes. Yeah. But like, from what I'm told, he was like, he's done doing shows. I was like, wow, I never thought he'd be done. I thought like, you know, him and Dennis McCoy would be going into like their 60s doing stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, that's interesting what you say about shows and how, how you, you're able to maintain that level yeah. by doing shows. Plus, and the importance of shows, like kids seeing that. You're in front of yeah. so many kids. Uh, I, I don't know how many shows you do like per week, but I mean like they're at that formative age. We're like, whoa, I want to do that. Like yeah. that's so important for our industry. And, and you yourself, didn't you get into BMX because you went to a show at the Texas State Fair and you saw Mount Hoffman? Sprocket jockeys, yeah. Dude, like, case in point, like, the importance of shows yeah, in the BMX industry 100%. is so huge. How can you argue with your making kids smile? They're having a blast watching you ride. They're excited. They're having a good time. And someone gives you a paycheck yeah. for riding your bike. Yeah. How can you, for, how can you like, be too good for that? Or like, or think you're like above that because you're a, a pro comp rider or whatever. Like that, that blows me away when I hear like of guys that like won't lower themselves to do a show. I'm just like, are you out of your mind? I don't know if that's such a problem anymore. Maybe it is, and I don't know about it. But now, like, it's tough to make it as like a pro yeah. contest rider, even yeah. a, like a, a a pro like video type guy. But like. Nowadays, I feel like people are way more willing to do shows. It's like, whoa, I can actually like make a few bucks riding my bike. Cool, and like yeah. they'll do it. But like, I don't know, like do tour years. People are like, I don't need to do shows anymore. But you forget about the importance of it. Right. Um, and I mean, it's nice to make yeah. a couple bucks on the side as well. Um, 
I did shows all through those years. When I was home, I was doing shows. When I was on the road, I was doing contests. Home show, like it was just, just like trading off. It's a workhorse. Can't get enough. That's like riding bikes, man. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> if people are gonna give me money to do it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> now, um, how long do you think you'll keep it rolling? I don't know. No end in sight. Just yeah, yeah. as long as you're enjoying it's it. It's open ended. Okay. It's open ended. I think that I think. Yeah, I've said this before, you know, like, oh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. But that's really not true. Like, you have to work sometimes. And sometimes you don't want to ride. And honestly, like, I think that's the difference between a true professional is how you ride when you don't want to. How you ride when you don't want to or don't have to? You don't want to. Okay. For instance, if there's a contest going on and you're just not, you're not there... It's like you don't, you're not feeling it, whatever. You don't want to ride, but you have to perform. How do you perform when you don't want to perform? Or if there's a show or you're, you're booked to do like a, a, fa- a fair or something like that or school shows and like you, don't, you just don't feel like riding that day, but you have to ride that day. So it's like how you perform when you don't want to is the difference, I think, between a, an actual professional and someone that's that I would consider an amateur, even if they're in the professional status, because it's like you need to be able to compose yourself and and do what you do, even if you don't want to do it. It's kind of like step up and be a man and and do it anyway, because like what you were talking about, kids see that and that could be changing a kid's life. Mm-hmm. That could be the thing that makes that kid want to become a pro BMXer, and that might, they might be the next, you know the next kid that pops up out of nowhere and is killing it. Yeah, the next female like, or something. Yeah, whatever. And uh, like, sometimes it is work. Sometimes I don't want to ride, but I know I have to ride, so I do it. And like, at the same time, it's it's still better than an office job, a nine to five office job. How yeah. can you argue with that? Better, better than sitting in that cubicle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your wife, Natalie, uh, does she still ride BMX at all? Nah, she hasn't ridden in a while. Okay. Quite a while. She's but, more, more concerned with what she's doing for work now. So she, being that she did ride BMX, um, mm-hmm. she definitely understands like, your passion and your, yep. your need to be on your bike and everything. That's, I think that's really important to have a spouse that, that yeah, is yeah. You know, just as uh, you know, supportive of you as you are of her. I think that's... Yeah. I, I just say that because I've known uh, Natalie now. I've known her almost as long as I've known you. Probably, maybe yeah, probably about, about the same. I mean, maybe about like a year or so. I met her. Um, weren't you at that same Metro Jam I met her at? Oh five. I came in the, Vancouver. Oh yeah, I was at that one. Blue ramps. Yes. Yeah. That was where I met her. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And yeah, there was the they had the women's class at the mm-hmm. Metro Jam. Yeah. That was the first like girls class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh sweet. Yeah. Um, well, I really don't have much else. I think we covered a lot of ground. And uh, <laughs> is there anything else you want to touch on? Anything you, you feel like we didn't cover? I mean, I don't know. Not off the top of my head, man. Well, I, uh, what Morgan and I are about to do comes from the scene from Predator <laughs> when Arnold Schwarzenegger walks in and he sees his friend. Dylan. And uh, him and Dylan... Uh, have to uh, flex on each other for a little bit. So Morgan, I thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate being a part of my podcast. 
Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. <laughs> the only thing missing is like the maybe you can add in like rippling like leather like yeah the scene I mean they just hold for like a couple what's, seconds and what's the matter Dylan the CIA got you pushing too many pencils perfect way to end it take it easy on yourself Dutch. <laughs> <laughs>